We are parents, we are doctors, we are first responders, teachers, and concerned citizens who have found ourselves at a crossroads. We see our freedoms being stripped away and we can no longer stay silent. We are millions strong, united in a thundering voice and imperative mission that cannot and will not be ignored. We are standing up for the basic human right to raise our own children, earn a living, and make our own medical decisions without the tyrannical overreach that has been forced upon us here in California, across the country, and around the world. We are here to amplify the voices, moving the needle, bringing forth truth, and provide education and resources with tangible tools and expert insights. We are The Unity Project, and this is our podcast. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Jeremy Sladen. Uh, he and I had an opportunity to get connected, um, and I think his story is unique and exciting and uh, one that I'm thrilled to be able to have everyone hear about. So with that, Jeremy, why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what brought you to where you are in life today? Okay, man, that's a, <laughs> where do <laughs> a I start? Question, well, right? <laughs> first of all, thank, thank you, Laura, for having me. It's been great meeting you. And it was really fun the other day, getting to know you and talking on the phone. So appreciate that. And for having me on your show, I'm excited. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We're excited to have you. Well, thank you. Um, so I, I'll give the 10,000 foot level. I was a baseball player, kid, high school baseball, um, really, you know, was not like as a young guy, I wasn't the best player. And then in high school, things kind of just hit and, and it got, and I got really good and, um, started being recruited by big colleges and even professional, uh, scouts and all that ended up going to Georgia tech, um, on a full ride scholarship, um, did well there for one year. And then things got pretty rough. Um, I had a lot of physical injuries. I had a girlfriend situation that was, was really, um, I can't think of a word other than bad. It just wasn't good. <laughs> a lot, a lot of things happened at the same time in my life. Okay. Um, even stuff back home just wasn't, wasn't great at the, at the, that time. Mm -hmm. But what it did was it rekindled my relationship with God without the idol of baseball, because I, I even missed my junior year as a ball player due to injuries. So, wow. um, and your junior year is when you, when you're supposed to get drafted. So it was like, Oh, you mm -hmm. know, God, what's going to happen now? What am I going to do? Um, so it was a time where my faith actually really grew as, as that often happens when you go through trials and difficulties. Um, so lucky enough, my, and I wouldn't lucky, I think it was God's providence. My, my career was restored. My body was restored. I was able to go back and play uh, professional baseball. I, I did, get, I got drafted by the Phillies and I apologize. I'm battling a little bit of a cold. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. But I got drafted by the Phillies and was with them for seven years. And during that time, you know, you go from on the one side of, of your Christian faith, you know, where you may be a little bit too connected to laws and rules. And this is how I have to live for God to bless me and love me. And that way had worked for a long time. And then all the tough stuff happened, like I mentioned in college. Right. And I, I think that's when God became very like more real and personal to me. And it was a very beautiful time. However, I slid into the other side after that, where it was all about, well, God is love and relationships and, you know, right. Hey, I may have these failures, but that's why Jesus died. And, you know, I kind of gave myself license, you know, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And out there playing baseball professionally, you can get pretty lonely, especially when you're getting into your mid twenties, uh, late twenties, even, and you're not married. And, you know, there's just a lot of, um, 
sirens calls, <laughs> you know, you I'm sure on the road, right. Uh, hotel to hotel. Sure. Yes, absolutely. And you, not that it would help, but you, you don't have in the minor, minor leagues a lot. You don't have the wealth and it, it's just, it's kind of an uncomfortable life. You know, it's bus rides rather than mm-hmm. plane trips. And, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's just easy to look for the, the nearest comforts, whatever it is, whether it's the nightlife, women drinking, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I never lost my faith, but I definitely was trying to play two worlds and I would mm-hmm. go home for the off seasons and be the guy that everybody knew, like speaking at FCA banquets and that kind of thing. Um, but it was, it was pretty hypocritical. I mean, just to be mm-hmm. point blank about it. And I knew that that way couldn't last forever. or I was going to split apart. The problem mm-hmm. is when you go down that road of, of sin and the, 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 you're getting used to immediate gratification, um, it is, it becomes addiction, you know, becomes an addiction mm-hmm. and the talents get underneath your skin yeah. and you try to break away and you find like, wait, like I can't get away from this. Right. So, um, my last year of, of, uh, professional baseball, I actually met the woman that I was going to end up marrying who I'm married to today. We've got two kids. So fast forward way ahead, like life is wonderful yeah. now, but we Great. definitely had to walk through, um, some pretty serious trauma and valleys, most of it due to, my crap, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I put us through, I put her through, um, because I just didn't know how to walk away from a, a really dark lifestyle there for a while mm-hmm. that I, that I brought even into our marriage. Um, but the key out first is admitting you have a problem getting honest. Um, so I became honest with a few trusted friends first about just how deep the rabbit hole went with me. Um, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like the 90%, like I'm going to tell you 90%, but the really dark 10%, I'll never tell that it was, I, I told everything. And as I became, and I'm not saying that I needed to air like my dirty laundry to everybody, but there was definitely like more and more people I needed to invite into that space so mm-hmm. that down the road through counseling, um, or, or in the presence of a counselor, especially I disclosed like all my stuff with my wife and, um, it was a hard time. I mean, you can imagine, mm-hmm. sure. uh, in our marriage. And for six months, it was, you know, because this happens a lot in in recovery groups, the guy will share all that he's done, he'll finally like get that load off. And it's like a weight has lifted. But for Mm -hmm. the woman, it's fresh, man, it is like a lot of trauma. So they're in two different places of healing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we had to walk through that. And um, man, like, I am just so blessed to be here today in this home with my wife and two kids. And it's not perfect, but we're happy, you know, and and, and. Well, nothing's perfect. That, There's no perfect family, right? Of course. Yeah. But God <laughs> truly changed me. And, and I was able to detach myself from those mm-hmm. talents finally. And life, I mean, I look back at the way it was then and it feels like a different person. So wow. I know you asked for me to share like how I got to where I'm at today. And yeah. I always get caught up in that piece of it because right. I think the coming out of addiction um, and God redeeming and restoring my life is just such a huge part of who I am that I can't, I can't sure. not well, park it there for a little bit. Of course, and it's an important part of your journey and your story. And I always believe that uh, every every experience that people have, it, it makes them who they are as a person, right? right? And so the person that you may know at 40 years old, everything that they've gone through in life, that is a product, you know, they are a product of that journey yeah. and for better or worse, right? And right. I think um, it's an important story that you're telling because 
what it does is it shows that you can, you can go through hardships and you can actually overcome and you can learn very important lessons and carry that through. And, and what I found to be unique about your story is that not only did you have this journey, but you've actually used those lessons to, um, create an organization that's now helping society. And you have a very unique, you know, uh, perspective. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I would say this to kind of, to kind of tie it together, what I'm doing today, and then I'll fill in the gaps in between those principles that work for my personal recovery. I felt like God gave me a vision of, you know, those same principles will work for the recovery of our nation and, and of our world. But here's the truth about, of the matter. We started as a nation in a pretty healthy place with our sins, whatever, but we had, we, we started from a healthy place and we were fighting to, uh, what, what's the, what, how do they say it, um, to improve our Republic or to, to work on the, the perfecting of our Republic over time. Right. Sure. Well, I was on that path to working to become better as a ball player. And I was a Christian. Mm -hmm. I wanted to become better as a Christian, as a young man. Mm -hmm. And then you let the darkness creep in and you let mm -hmm. it creep in a little more, and then you're guilty about it. So you numb out and you start getting addicted to things. And then pretty soon you find yourself in a place like you, you never thought that you would possibly be there. It's like drifting away from the shore slowly over time. And pretty soon you're like, okay, where am I? And you look back in the shore is right. miles in the distance. Right. Or the shore well, seems to be lost. Totally. And I think mm -hmm. as a society and in America, we are in that place and we're mm -hmm. like, how, how did we get here? Right. And the truth of the matter is to get honest is, mm -hmm. is step number one. And that is really really difficult. And that's why most people want to turn, turn a blind eye or say, okay, there's a lot of problems. I just need to focus on my work, especially men, right. my work, my family, having fun and being entertained. Cause life's still pretty good, pretty comfortable. And mm -hmm. all the problems is somebody else's problem. Right. And it's not, that's just not the case. And we're just going to continue to drift further. And we'll, we, I don't know how much of your audience will know what I'm talking about, but that is exactly what these global powers hope that the strong men of our nation do is just say, you know what, I'm going to numb out. I'm going to keep being comfortable mm -hmm. and sure. I'll like wear VR goggles and I'll own nothing and be happy as the world, mm -hmm. as the world economic forum would want us to uh, eventually do. Absolutely. I think a lot of people that, that listen to this, um, if not all can, can understand exactly what you're saying. And, um, you know, as, as a, as a man, as a father, um, I know we're, we're going to dive into this in, in great detail in a moment, but as a man and as a father, I'm sure that you recognize, you know, there's a war on masculinity and there's a total destruction and breakdown of the nuclear family. And, uh, one of the big mechanisms in doing that is tearing down masculinity, right? How can you have a strong nuclear family? If you also don't have a strong, um, father figure presence. A hundred percent. And it's, it's so brazenly <laughs> obvious at this point, it it's kind of like, um, the COVID pandemic, like it mm -hmm. took a while for people to wrap their heads around. And a lot of people still haven't, cause they don't want mm -hmm. to that. Right. Oh my gosh, this was a coordinated effort and plan to grab mm -hmm. control, especially of America and to weaken America a lot. I mean, it was coordinated. Yeah. They, but, but with, with the attack on the nuclear family, the attack on men and masculinity, it's like, it's coming. The war is coming at us from all angles. And if right. people want to, they can see like, okay, this is a coordinated attack. This is a plan. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into what those different uh, bullet points are that where I could say, yep, it's here, it's here, it's here. Mm -hmm. um, and why is that? Well, historically, the number one bulwark against totalitarian takeovers of any country was the strong men, the intellectual men, those mm -hmm. men who could speak back 
to the power that was trying to take over and push back. So that's right. why Joseph Stalin <laughs> had all those guys thrown in prison immediately, like thrown in the mm -hmm. gulags. He just, he sent them away, you know? Right. Um, right. But to fill in some gaps, you mentioned being a father and, and having two sons. As, as I walked out of my baseball career, I had 10 years in commercial roofing sa sales, selling to mm -hmm. government hospitals, private manufacturing, but these big, <laughs> big places with these mm -hmm. big flat roofs. And I was meeting with the facilities director directors and those, those teams where their success depended on practical choices, practical application, very different from the, the government that was around them. So I was hearing the right. stories from those guys, those guys who were working in state level governments and county level governments about what was going on and that they just couldn't believe where all this was going. So they were seeing right. it ahead of time. I was hearing those stories and, you know, and I'd always been a kind of a student of culture and politics. Mm -hmm. um, it was always very interesting to me. And I just thought, or I always knew like, okay, this, this is, um, this attracts my interest. I see massive deceptions like a blanket coming over the globe, but especially America, people that shouldn't be fooled by a lot of these things are being fooled by these things, be it social right. justice, be it, mm -hmm. um, you know, pandemics, and we've all got to do this, that, and the other to give up, give up freedom. And I just thought I've got two little boys now that are going to grow up in the world I leave for them. And I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know, you know, theologically, I don't know where it's going to land in 10 years from now, or I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I'm called to be engaged in this fight and that my kids need to see that. I don't want them to look back and say, why didn't my parents stand up when they could, when there was still time? Right. So yes. whether we enter, there's really two options out there. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, two big ones. There, there's the, the great reset which is what all these global powers want to happen. They, they want to change everything from our right. currency to the way national borders are looked at, all of it. Yeah, um, and we can see it. You can, can see, see it, it. In, ev in every aspect of, of society right now. And they say it out loud. The thing most people don't want do. to go read the websites and do their due diligence. But even <clears> like, for instance, the Black Lives Matter website until they finally <clears> took out this blurb, because they again, they, they overplayed their hand. They showed too much of what they really believe. They said, <clears> we want to, you know, destable the nuclear, the Western Christian driven nuclear right. family. You know, destabilize right. and, ta it. and talk about an absolute declaring war on the black communities by doing that. Yeah, it, it, it is. <clears> it is a quadrupling down of Democrat policies in this country that already do not work and are proven not to work. And the only thing that they know how to do is gaslight and point at, you know, the white people and just say, it's your fault. It's your fault. You got, we got to right. quadruple down on reparations and on all this, that, and the mm -hmm. other. And all it's going to do is hurt the black family even more while dragging right. everybody else down with it. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I forget how I got on the, Oh, just how brazenly obvious it is. So the great mm -hmm. reset is on one end. So if, if we do enter into a great reset, fourth industrial revolution type right. situation, it is going to be really hard in society. And unless, if you don't play along mm -hmm. in that world, you will have to live outside of that world and you're going to need strong men, no doubt about right. it to, you know, to, to move things, to farm, to hunt, to, you know, that, that is going to be what it's going to be. Um, right. on the other well, end, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, my husband and I talk about this all the time that we suffer in society from a lack of men that are qualified to do basic things, right? I mean, from changing a tire to right. changing the oil in your car to hunting to fishing to building things um and and i remember you know 15 years ago 
they used to have um, shop in, in school. Yep. They've taken that out. There's no wood shop. There's no welding. There's no working on, you know, automotives in school anymore. Right. So now all of a sudden you're going to have a generation of young men coming out of high school that are completely ill-prepared to do anything other than, you know, sit on their phone and engage in social media. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, the, right now the Biden administration's dream, and I shouldn't just pick on them. It's, it's really the progressive secular left's dream, but Biden said it out loud not too long ago. Um, they want to take from preschool from the time these kids are two years old, they want to make preschool completely public education. And then they would also like to tack on two more years at the end of high school prior to college. So instead of 12 years, they're talking 16 years. Now they'll sure. deny it. If you get online and type that in, of course, Snopes will show up and others saying he didn't say this. That's not what he meant. Right. That's not what he meant. But you read the fine print and you're like, no, that's what he meant. They, they want well, 16 hundred. Of course they want, they want more time to indoctrinate these children into the ideologies that are so radical that are spreading like wildfire. Right. Um, and, and I would even say it's beyond the left. I would say this is, this is a, this is a full blown agenda and narrative um, that that even has has gotten into the conservative party. Um, I mean, I believe that we have we have a much bigger issue than than just left right. I mean, they tend to align primarily with the left. I you know, but but I do think that this is this is beyond left and right, in my opinion. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it. it, it it's so far beyond it goes back to the beginning of time this is mm -hmm. this is the battle of good versus evil that's what it is mm -hmm. yeah, and you know to, to take it down one rung from that it's globalist versus nationalist that mm -hmm. you know that that's why i said the secular progressive left being really more of, of a globalist technocratic yeah. uh, communism mm -hmm. but um to get away from all the technical stuff so on the one hand you're going to need men if it's a great mm -hmm. reset because it, it's just going to be a necessity <clears throat> But on right. the other hand, if we're going to have these local great awakenings where there's going to be strongholds and cities on a hill, whether that be the size of a state or even a whole nation that stands up against this and is not controlled by it and shows the rest of the world how to do it, mm -hmm. we need the sheer numbers alone of men joining the women who are already engaged because they had the intuition to know something is wrong and right. I've got to step into this fight and do something about it. So God bless all the mama bears and, and the women mm -hmm. that stepped up because they did stand right. in the gap for the men that really didn't, they, uh, you know, I'm not picking on all of us because there was some that have, but um, many men just busied themselves in their work or what mm -hmm. made them just feel comfortable <clears throat> the golf course. So I'm going to go watch, you know, all the minor league <clears throat> spring training this year, you know, sure. just stuff like that. That's there's nothing wrong with it, but right. You know, they didn't want to see that desperate times are here because desperate mm -hmm. times call for desperate measures, which would mean they have to be uncomfortable. And the American right. man has been wooed into comfort for years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had a lot of economic prosperity there. And then, you know, 2016 through 2020 uh, mm -hmm. was, was was strong. And then 2020 hit. And when, all, when the when the shit hit the fan, sorry, mm -hmm. like they didn't know what to do. And right. And they, and they still don't. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's really hard to watch. I think you have, again, generations of men that are struggling. They're struggling. They're lost. You're seeing, um, you know, epidemic levels of depression in men, um, because they have no purpose. And, you know, again, my husband and I talk about this all the time. Like one of the things that that's really, really important as a man, men have to have a purpose and they have to, through that purpose, they cultivate respect 
And right now, I mean, you have a generation of men that are um, too busy getting manicures and pedicures and worrying about their metrosexual um, look to, to even know, like I said, how to do a simple thing, like change a tire. Yeah. You know, and that, that the younger generation, <laughs> what you just spoke of as weird as that is. Yes. That those exact things, the metrosexual malaise, huge problem. I mean, if you get on Instagram or, you know, TikTok or any of those things and look at what the millennial generation and, and younger, um, are attracted to and engaged in mm -hmm. it's, it's almost scary. Um, and, and it's, it's because they have been beholden to an agenda for, for a good while. Now, the older generation, which is right now, I'm not speaking as much to the millennials and younger, I'm speaking to those guys that are, uh, some of these may fall into the millennial category, but more like late twenties and older, but especially mm -hmm. the forties, fifties and early sixties year old men that have, that understand what American prosperity and freedom looks like. Mm -hmm. And kind of like Ronald Reagan once said, if we lose this war, those of us, he said, history's going to look back with the greatest astonishment that those of us that had the most to lose did the least to prevent it mm -hmm. from happening. That's correct. And those are the men that have the most to lose. They've got, they've got kids that are grown. They've got grandkids coming into this earth. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they, they have seen what prosperity looks like. And here's the thing. If they just let this happen, if they don't use their substantial wealth, you know, at this mm -hmm. point and pour that into the young generation of, of fighters that can make the, you know, turn the tide on this thing and them speak out as well. I'm not just saying them take their wealth and use it, but across the board, figure out like, okay, we can't lose America. It's been too good to be in my family. You know, right, those are right. the guys that, that my message is really directly toward directed toward right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know why that is, but I just feel a calling right now to, to, to to speak to those men, because I think they're going to be able to do a lot more because they have the, uh, what's a word other than wealth, <laughs> you know, they, they have the experience, the wealth, sure they've got they the tools, the knowledge the, and the tools. And yes, <clears throat> they've got so, the tools in place to turn this tide, but they're going to have to get uncomfortable. So how are you doing that? How are you, how are you working with, um, to galvanize these men and to get them involved to affect change? Yeah. Well, I was trying, I was trying it and I'm still doing it in the influencer way. So, um, mm -hmm. but I'll, that'll lead into warrior MBS. So I'm going to kind of finish my story of how I got here. I did the roofing for 10 mm -hmm. years. Uh, God blessed it. And I worked really hard and I made a nice margin where mm -hmm. when I felt God call me to step into this, this battle, um, I could do it and I could do it without mm -hmm. having to have a health insurance plan and all that. Cause I had, a, had a nice margin built up and I had the agreement mm -hmm. of my wife, like, okay, it's time. So I stepped in, I launched a platform called J slay made in the USA. If you mm -hmm. go to, I, I'm sending everybody to my rumble channel right now, because mm -hmm. everything else has been suppressed, censored, of course, depression, mm -hmm. but go to rumble, which is like a YouTube competitor, rumble mm -hmm. slay USA, go to that channel. You'll see. All and we'll link that in the podcast for you as well. Thank you. That that's where I try to, I do two things in there. I interview bold and courageous leaders in their field. So a lot of there are, you know, medical experts or experts on race relations in our country or the history of America and how it's being subverted now in the textbooks. And we'll talk through these things, not angrily, but just like, okay, sure. here's the problem. Here's what we need to educate people with. And then here's the mm -hmm. solution after you have that education. Right. I continually like was having great guests and all that, but I think I grew very fast in big tech 
like on YouTube, on um, not necessarily YouTube, but Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. those places. And then all of a sudden it was like hitting a wall where they didn't kick me off, but they basically just stopped my growth. And, you know, sure. yeah. we can relate to that here at right. the Unity Project. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you get it. Um, so I went through that and I kind of thought, okay, I'm interviewing all these bold and courageous leaders in their fields where they're the subject matter expert. And now like I've been so suppressed. I really, I can't make an income from this really, at least not for a long time. So what do I do? And I was praying about it and I felt like God spoke to me and said, Jeremy, you, you're a coach. You've been a coach. You have been coached. You know how mm -hmm. teams work. You've, you've worked with, um, young guys and men and, and grown men from all over the world on, on these minor league teams. I mean, the, I was with the Phillies for seven years. And their, their uh, organization, especially when I was playing, was loaded with international talent. I mean, we had mm -hmm. Japanese guys, tons of Dominican, Puerto Rican, Brazilian guys, um, tons of African-American guys like that. It was just, and it, and it wasn't based on uh, some kind of quota either. It's just, it's, 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 it's the way sports should be. It's like, we, it's a meritocracy. We're going to put the best players on the field, regardless of anything else. Right. You know, so <clears throat> I, I say all that to say. Um, due to my experience there, my ability to coach, to know how to motivate, encourage, inspire, and the knowledge of mental clarity, physical fitness, and spiritual grounding that God had given me through my walk of faith. Mm -hmm. God said, you need to be a coach and focus on men's minds, bodies, and souls and help them understand that connection while educating them on the things you've learned about what's going on in the world. Because I've, I've been able to interview world-class leaders and not, so I'm not the expert, but I can point guys right. mm -hmm. in addiction. Mm -hmm. And so I launched, um, warrior mind, body, soul. So it's warriormbs.com. Mm -hmm. link will be in the description. I'm sure. Right. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's meant to be a 70 day reset. So I <clears throat> 70 day reset. And it's for guys that know they're a little off or maybe mm -hmm. they just want to have some accountability and community, but it, so if you're, if you're, you say you got brain fog in the afternoons, you're a little men mentally cloudy. You don't know why join the program. If you're physically going into the holidays, you're like, I always have horrible habits of the holidays. I need a plan. I need somebody to work mm -hmm. with me. It's for that. Um, it's also the spiritual grounding. That's the part where it's, it, it's, it's more, it's not a Bible study. It brings mm -hmm. in a lot of education, but I also have them do things to get themselves out of the box, to try something right. new. So mm -hmm. there's some, there's some bold moves built into it that we call the mm -hmm. spiritual operations. Um, but it's funny at the end of these, these, uh, groups, I'll send out a feedback form and I continually <laughs> expect them to say the physical is the number one thing I got out of this mm -hmm. because I see yeah. huge results. But what I'm getting back 80% of the time mm -hmm. is the community <clears throat> and the camaraderie is the number wow. one thing I'm getting out of this. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and, and sadly though, it's actually not surprising to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I I've said in the past in the podcast that I've, I've read some statistics that going into, um, the, the pandemic that something like 60% of people reported being lonely mm -hmm. and that was going into the pandemic. <laughs> and of course we all know that this is by design. And, uh, so, so when you report back that 80% of the people that are going through your program, these men are saying that they're the most powerful thing that they received was community. Um, I, that doesn't surprise me. And I think that's exactly what it is, is. It's powerful. It's powerful to bring these, these men, um, back into community 
that's something that we are sadly missing in society. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's been a mechanism actually to tear down um, society. It's been a mechanism to strip away rights and to get where we are, right. Where we've had two years of lockdowns, we've had people being forced to mask up, people being forced to inject themselves with um, a, you know, I'll use the term very loosely, a vaccine um, Mm -hmm. that is still experimental. Uh, that, you know, the stripping away people's ability to, to congregate as a community was one of the best mechanisms to do that. Let's talk about what's happening to society and talk about, um, you know, obviously the Unity Project, we're pretty focused on uh, medical freedom and parental rights. And as a man, as a father, I'm sure you're you're deeply concerned about what's happened um, in society in the last three years. And the fact that you know, parental rights are being infringed upon in ways that most people have no idea. I, I always give examples here in the state of California. We're now a sanctuary state for genital mutilation of children. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that process, people can actually lose custody of their children. Um, they, they're actually doing it unilaterally. So if people are bringing kids in from other states, the state of California is unilaterally saying that, that, that they can make decisions on custody matters of children that are residents of other states. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how overarching and overreaching uh, this legislation is. And, and what was troubling is that the, the author of this bill has said that he's working with 19 other states to author similar legislation. So again, you have a situation where um, parental rights are being trampled on. And um, I know your work in, in trying to restore masculinity and the importance of strong men in society. Um, I imagine you've got some pretty strong thoughts on how the destruction of masculinity has led to where we are today. Yeah. Well, to speak to your point about what's going on with the removal of parental rights, and if you don't let a child sexually mutilate themselves based on this agenda that's out there, that somehow mm-hmm. your kid, your, your, your rights as a parent could be stripped. Right. That is demonic. And mm-hmm. the only way that that takes hold in America is if we continue to be a frog in a kettle and you and I jumped out of that kettle a long time ago. So we're fighting. But if the winsome Christian crowd that still thinks that it's 1994 and that all the pendulum will swing back, it's, you know, we had a little bit of weirdness with the pandemic, but that Mm -hmm. crowd, if they don't wake up, then they are going to continue to push that agenda and have some success with it. Um, So I think things like you, like you just brought up those really, really hot button, like, oh my gosh, is this real? Those are the things that need to be shared to the middle of the road, like, uh, yeah, I'm a generally conservative, but I like to look at all points of view. No, we're past that. Those, those people are not looking for a conversation with us. They are right. looking for capitulation from us. So I think, and, and I know I'm coming on strong, but, um, it's not, it's not like we're trying to be mean. We're just simply saying like, this is what they're doing. We cannot support this. This must be fought against, not just like sure. wait, waited for it to go away. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, I, sometimes I struggle to even articulate it myself, the the severity of what's happening in society. Mm-hmm. And what I like about what you're doing is, you know, you're talking about doing something that you're not saying, Hey, let's get a bunch of men together and, you know, let's get our pitchforks and let's, you know, <laughs> go, go looking for a fight. What you're saying is let's, let's work with men in society and let's restore their ability to actually be men and, and good men, because I think it's vital in society for good men to thrive and to flourish and to lead by example. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we, 
you know, good men have been, um, beaten down. And so, you know, again, I think what you're doing is you're giving men the ability to actually engage in masculinity in a healthy way. And when society does that, right. So let's say you, you impact, you know, I I don't know how many are are usually in your, in your um, courses, but let's say you have a a group of 40 men. Okay. Over 70 days. And they walk away from that experience feeling healthier, feeling more complete, feeling as though they can be stronger men for their families and for society. Well, next thing you know, that hopefully has a ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm, you, you will continue right. to have more and more classes, but those 40 men that walked away from that experience now feel more empowered and emboldened to go and work with other men, maybe outside of, of the group that, that you have mm-hmm. originally formed. And um, I see this just having a tremendously positive impact on society. Well, thank you. And hundred percent, that's what I want to do. Now I'm in the beginning stages of, you know, I feel I've got the curriculum developed for what we're calling like basically basic training of those 70 days. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty intense and it's fun and all the things we mentioned, but it's meant to be a launching pad, kind of like what you're mm-hmm. talking about. And, and my role as a coach, the last half of that, when I've really started to get mm-hmm. to know the guys is help them find their lane in this, mm-hmm. in this culture war. Um, and maybe that's a supportive role. Maybe it's in, you know, an active role, but it's probably in an area that that guy already knows a lot about, whether it's finances or whether it's, you know, small business ownership or what, what have you, because there's, there's a battle being waged in all of those areas, but where guys get black pilled and depressed is they're a good man. They know there's a lot of problems and they start trying to fight it on all fronts and they're watching the news all the time. And they get all these like negative stories. They just can't believe what's happening. And pretty soon, like they're hitting the bottle or they're, you know, it's like, I I can't, we can't win this thing. Like Jesus come quickly. And like, that's, that's all they know to say. Right. Right. Um, So I want to help those guys find their lane. Now on the back end of that though, Laura, I am developing a six month longer term deeper relationship based like veterans course. So like once you've gone through the basic training, okay, now you're a veteran and now right. we want to go deeper together in, in this community. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's still a little ways off. So what the veterans are doing now is they're rejoining, but they get to be uh, team captains. So mm-hmm. the, 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 Great. there's 40 men. Why I, the, w- the way it's a competition is all those 40 men are broken up into four man teams. So right. in, a, in a 40 man group, you're going to have 10 teams that all have their own name. They're all competing. And the veteran guys who have kind of re-upped, they're the captains of those little teams. And they, you know, they mm-hmm. answer the, the simple questions, help the guys get going almost like a locker room. Your veterans right. helped the, the younger guys, the freshmen or whatever, kind of learn the ropes when they weren't heckling them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So it puts, and ultimately like, I want these guys to feel something that they haven't felt in a long time. Maybe it's personal empowerment. Maybe it's, Mm -hmm. man, I really feel good about the way I look and the energy that I have today, or Mm -hmm. maybe it's just a sense of community that they've not felt in 10 years. Um, But I want to give them a taste of that and then help them go find that in their community. Sure. And I think that the, the consequences of that, the intended consequences, I should say, would be that um, they go back to their their nuclear families and they are able to engage and be better fathers, better husbands, better community leaders. And so when you have situations like we've had over the last three years where the community, the government is coming in saying, you may you must lock your children down, you must mask your children up, you must inject them with an experimental vaccine, um, then the strong men in society, will be able to stand up and say, 
uh, no, we're not going to go along with this. We're not going to just comply unquestioningly. We're going to question this. We're going to make decisions that are on behalf of the betterment of our family and protection mm -hmm. of our community. And, um, you know, I, I feel like over the last few years, it's been difficult for men to do that. Men have been so browbeat down um, based on this label of toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, the unfortunate thing is, I think we've seen men come out in a way that as a response to that, that label of toxic masculinity, um, almost they've, they've met that label with an almost toxic response. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I, I like really what, what you're doing, because again, this is about, um, coaching men into being good fathers, good husbands, uh, good community leaders, um, getting back in touch with their, their spirituality. And, um, and, and again, I think the, the intended consequence of that will just be better, uh, citizens in society. So I'm really excited yeah. about the work that you're doing. And, uh, we're going to link all of this information in our podcast. And I, I encourage everyone to go and follow the work that you're doing, follow the podcast that you have. If you're a man, um, because you must be a biological man to engage in this. Yes. Uh, if you're a man, I encourage you to, to get on board with the program. I think it's going to be really exciting. And I'm excited for this to get a lot of traction and we can start seeing the positive impact in society. I want to say one thing about the toxic masculinity label that you just mentioned, and you're, you're right. It gets thrown around a lot. If you're a man that has been affected by that and, and it scares you, or you don't want to be called that this is a time and place to start ignoring those labels and ignoring those people that are, that are putting that on you because they're going to be putting it, putting it on your sons as well. And if they see right. you react in fear or disengaging from those spaces where you might get called a name, your sons are going to be cowards too. I hate to say it like that, but that's what it is. That's right. We have to start building a parallel economy and, mm -hmm. and creating spaces that are just, we're not listening to those philosophies anymore. And I think men are going to be a huge part, have to have a huge part in developing those parallel economies, because at this point, it's going to be very few people on the other side that are going to be even willing to listen or change at all. So, you know, I guess that's my message is stop paying sure. attention. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, look, when we are talking about a society right now where there's an, a very specific agenda that's being driven, that is designed to wipe away gender, whether it's masculine or feminine, um, of course, they're going to fight back. They're going to dig their heels in because this, what you're doing represents um, an affront to their mission. That's right. And um, I mean, look, we're, we're talking about a society where men are wearing makeup. Men supposedly are now having babies, which we all know that that's crazy. Men do not have babies. <laughs> Um, and, and we're talking about a society where, um, tomorrow a woman can, can wake up and decide to be a man. Um, we are, we are absolutely wiping out gender by going along with this. And look, if you wipe out gender, you wipe out society, you wipe That's out, right. we wipe out the human race. There's a distinct reason that you need to have men and women and men, um, I think have an incredible purpose in society as do women. They're both unique purposes though. Men are not, are, are not women and women are not men. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, and, and this assault on men, um, much like, you know, you, you, we were talking about, um, BLM and, and, you know, much like one of the worst things you can do right now is call someone a racist. And, that, and, and sadly the term racist has really lost a lot of value in, mm -hmm. um, in society. They've, they've really mutated that word because now, um, if, if you look at someone 
in, in, in the way that that's perceived as wrong, you're considered a racist, right? So, so they've devalued that. And similarly, you know, we've got to get to that point where when someone says you're a toxic male, um, I, I don't, frankly, I don't even know what that, that means. I'd love for someone to give me a true definition of what a, what a toxic male I th- means. I think, it, I think it means you don't agree with them on anything, <laughs> right? Like if you're a man because, and you disagree, then you're toxic. <laughs> right. Right. Because again, I feel like it's, it's just one of those made up terms. And, um, to your point, you have to ignore it. You have to be able to walk through it and you have to be able to move forward and engage, um, in masculinity and in, in the way that it was meant to be for all of human history. So, no doubt. um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the work that you're doing and I highly encourage everyone to check it out. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Laura. I really enjoyed it. From all of us at the unity project. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices, strategies, and resources. Please keep in mind that the Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence, without which our work wouldn't be possible.